Hello, everyone, and a very warm welcome to this episode of the Scottish Podcast, brought to you by the Scottish Canoe Association. You're currently tuning in to our latest episode of People in Paddle Sport series. We're catching up with the diverse characters across Scottish paddle sport community. I'm your host, Roger Holmes. And I'm your co-host, Lara Cooper. And we're delighted that we're here today chatting to Tom Sibbald. Tom and I have known each other for about 20 odd years, and I've had the privilege of working with Tom delivering, delivering many courses over that time. Tom is a very experienced open canoe coach, whitewater kayak coach, and is one of our most active tutors delivering leadership courses and coach training and assessments. I'm sure many of our listeners will have been supported by him over the years. Hi, Tom. Hi, it's great to be here. I'm looking forward to living some memories with you both. Just to kick off, Tom, we've got our first question, done this on every, every episode, is if you could paddle anywhere in the world, where would it be? Who would it be with? And in what craft? Uh, good question. Um, you've primed me with these things. So I thought about it. I have three answers, hopefully quick answers. Uh, the first, if you ask the hero in me, I don't know if there is one, but if you ask the hero, I, I would say I'd like to sail my canoe to Norway. Um, I, I think I probably wouldn't survive. Um, I've had those thoughts probably in the dark moments of my life. Uh, and uh, the point where I wanted to go out with a splash, perhaps. If you ask the adventure in me, then I'd say the Horton River, um, right in the north of Canada, paddling into the Arctic Ocean and paddling with friends over there. However, uh, with a climate crisis as it is, I'm not sure that's on the cards. Uh, if you ask the rest of me, then I would tell you that uh, last week I was on the Spey with, uh, with Anna, my wife, and uh, three other uh, folks, and we just had the most amazing time. Uh, we were playing in the rapids and surfing and trying new things, and there was learning and there was fun and there was laughter. Uh, and I'd take that any time. So, so yeah. Uh, local river with good friends and an atmosphere of play would do just great. Fantastic. That's lovely. That's lovely, Tom. Um, can you share with us um, and our listeners um, a bit about your paddling journey and how you've got to where you are now? Uh, yeah, I, I, for some reason, I, I decided that I wanted to kayak when I was really young and um, I splashed, probably crashed around uh, in Plymouth when I, where I was growing up. Um, not sure I had any formal kayaking and I got in a kayak and I, I worked out that you could use a paddle and you could go places. Um, it, at some point I, I managed to um, paddle with folks who are good enough to, to have some things to copy. Um, and so I have from that, I have a collection of uh, terrible bad mistakes and habits that I learned myself uh, and a few good things that I've copied from people. Um, I, my first uh, moments in a canoe uh, was in New Zealand on the Wanganui River, which um, is famous for that scene in the uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, I got to paddle down there um, with a, a slightly depressed instructor who just split up with his long-term partner. Um, he whistled the same tune for three days, um, paddling in this torrential rain as the river rose and rose and rose. Uh, in the canoe with us, there was uh, three, uh, two dogs um, uh, that, between them only had seven legs uh, and occasionally um, a local goat uh, volunteered to be food for the, for the canoe, for the, for the dogs in the canoes. So it was the wildest experience um, and um, canoeing became just that for the rest. I just love it. What a cool thing. Oh, that sounds brilliant. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and 
that initial um, spark, obviously, um, you've made it your professional life, your whole life, probably. Um, I wonder, how did that go into your coaching and leading? I think this sense of um, adventure, this sense of freshness, this sense of uh, learning by doing, uh, discovery, um, exploring, um, the idea of needing to get better or wanting to get better so that you could uh, enjoy more exciting places uh, without that sense of being terrified. Um, and um, that maybe a big drive was that about getting away from roads into into the big spaces and perhaps the the reason for getting better or to change craft to, to be in a sea kayak or to, to, to go in a kayak or to, to get on a board <coughs> was more about enjoying um, new spaces in new ways. Um, and so that started, I suppose, to, 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 to wrap through into the whole um, coaching and leading other people. Um, and maybe that's, um, that's just the, I can't think of something that I enjoy doing more. Maybe it's just actually it really works for, for me. It, it um, takes the things that I love and the things that I enjoy and gives me an opportunity to to do those. And I guess that really includes being with people and seeing people uh, taking on challenges and finding their own rewards as well. And that's obviously taken itself into Coach, coach educator role as well helping leaders and coaches to develop their craft yeah that, that's a that's a great privilege and um slightly scary because um uh, feeling a little sense of responsibility for for shaping things not because i i want people to do things in a certain way but because um with enthusiasm you you just want people to to, to capture some of the the, the fun and the good things um, that I enjoy. Um, and so uh, that sense of um, when do we um, encouraging people to do things our way and when do we uh, set people free and, and delight as they find their own way. And uh, uh, those things feel both a responsibility and, and, and maybe a game. Uh, I have a, um, someone was asking me when I was skiing, um, I was working abroad and um, work abroad can be quite hard work. And they said, oh, it must be great to be on holiday every day. Uh, and I kind of inside, there's a bit of me riled. Uh, and I was like, oh, you have no idea how hard I work. And then in the background, there's another bit of me going, yeah, this is the best thing in the world. And so, um, so, so yes, I, I, I try to live like I'm on holiday every day. Um, it doesn't always feel like that, but, um, but actually what a great philosophy for life. Um, and, and learning, coaching, playing in the outdoors, um, they, um, it is a bit of a, a, a lifelong holiday. Um, so, so what a privilege. That, that's a that's a great way to look at life. I try to remember that one. So obviously we're we're here to chat about dyslexia, and we know anecdotally that there's a large proportion of the paddling community are dyslexic. Um, either that's diagnosed or suspected. Really keen to hear how this has either help has helped you in our sport and some of the challenges perhaps that has presented. Yeah, um, there's a long pause because there's there's so many layers. Um, <laughs> I um, was only relatively recently that I took a dys- dyslexia test and 
and confirmed that I had dyslexia. I suspected it and kind of believed it and and claimed the title, um, if that's what you want to do with it, um, for a long time. But actually, I wasn't certain. But there's there's no doubt that it's impacted the way I do things and the way I um, think about myself for a long time. And maybe, maybe the simple things would be desire to hide certain of my weaknesses um, and the uh, ability to move and play to, to strengths. And uh, when, when those are wrapped all the way back to, to, to school and things, you kind of go, oh, yeah, maybe, or, or maybe we're just making up a good story. I don't know. Um, but uh, for me, I would be immensely embarrassed by my writing. Um, whiteboards and coaching sessions are uh, probably one of those things that I, um, I have to brave myself for. Um, whenever they come out Um, but um, if I could hide uh, my writing I would hide my writing Um, and the answer to that is don't write anything down Um, and and the answer to that is uh, if you don't write anything down you either forget everything or you uh, learn to to have a good memory and so one thing perhaps for me is that I have a um, at least if I concentrate a bit um, a memory that I can use and I've avoided writing stuff. Um, that sense of hiding um, comes from a, a sense of embarrassment and a sense of shame. Like like most people who are, are good at hiding things, uh, sometimes they've got some really cool processes for hiding. Um, there was a period of time when I was first in the outdoors that um, that sense of not wanting to stick out in a crowd, wanting to be different, I realized that not wanting to be different, but also not wanting to be the same. Uh, I realized that um, I, I had this amazing multicolored fleece that I'd made. It was just this patchwork of uh, loud primary colors. And, um, and people would assume that I was a big personality, whereas inside I was, um, I, I was kind of quiet and shy and didn't want to make a mistake and didn't want to make a scene and didn't want people to notice. And so that, that idea of Hiding in broad daylight is is perhaps one of the things that um, some of us do. We're, um, on the inside, we we feel terrified um, and concerned and fearful, and on the outside, people believe us to be uh, a, a bit bigger and a bit brasher than we actually are. And and so um, that might come over in my in that sense of hiding, that inner sense of not being able and being on the edge of, of disaster. So I think that has been a, a part of the way I learn and perhaps the way I communicate. I'm quite a cautious person, um, although people would look and say, how oh, you'll give things a go. Um, but actually the folks that really know me would kind of go, yeah, you'll stand back. Uh, I don't like failure. Um, I, I, the thought of people laughing uh, at me um, it, it always feels like that rather than with me uh, is terrifying. Uh, and those things are terrible for learning. Those things really hamper. One of my best friends was a Kiwi guy with a big character and a, an ability to learn through epic mistakes um, and, uh, and a joy of learning and life. Uh, he taught me lots about the sense of uh, taking risks um, and, and laughing at yourself. And uh, those were lessons from Ian that I, I, I've, absorbed slowly more slowly than I'd want and they've gradually settled in and uh, and I guess over the last time uh, last 10 years or so I've 
become more willing to try things and to test things and to, to fail publicly and and actually learning and adventures have um, become more enjoyable. Um, so it, that's a, a mix of stories, but I think many of those things come from those early experiences of um, being the, the person that was slowest, that was last, that was uncoordinated, um, at least when I'm learning new things. Um, and, and consequently, I would try and do things on my own and uh, I, I would be happy to, to present the, the final the final product, but not the learning on the way. Um, and, and a lot of that's still there for anyone that knows me. Um, but I'm a bit more willing to, to share that on the route and now. Uh, and perhaps a little bit more willing because by kind of getting up and, and doing that, you're giving other p- people permission as well, which I think is uh, it's been really important for me. Who's given me permission to be me? Uh, and can I give other people permission um, by doing that? Uh, I, I, still, um, I still love those people that can celebrate the, the good, the bad and the ugly <laughs> rather than just only celebrating the good. I think it's an amazing gift and uh, uh, one day perhaps I can uh, be more and more able to deal with that. I've um, I've always loved working with, with you, Tom, because I feel like you bring a, a different perspective on whatever it is that we're doing than I have. Um, and I think that dyslexic characteristics perhaps are a strength that allows you to think about process information, explain things, structure things in a very different way. Um, and you alluded there to the challenges of and hiding and, and um, backing off from. Can you share with us some of perhaps what we might see as the positives that it brings to your coaching or your and how you go about your role? Yeah, um, the last, I think, probably five years, I, I did the um, coaching diploma. Uh, and for me, that was the moment uh, we had to present um, to, uh, to me what was in front of the good um, and the great of coaching. Um, although as I got to, to know those people, I realised that it, each one of us had a, a, a sense of challenge um, and a sense of uh, everybody else's got it sorted and we're just making it up but for me I, I started my presentation with I feel like a fraud um, I, I, I know that I enjoy coaching and I know that people learn when I'm with them um, but actually I, I'm bluffing and blagging doing it my way uh, hoping that one day I'll learn to do it properly um, and I think what happened in that coaching diploma is that I, I realized that um, the things that I were doing um, was valid uh, was uniquely me um, and um, was effective uh, and that that's how it is for each person we, we coach uniquely ourselves um, and we um, have things that we can justify through uh, science and reason and uh, and research uh, but in reality we coach uh, from our hearts and, and from our heads and, and it's unique and so I, I began to to believe a little bit more in that and and realized that a lot of that came about through having the impact of dyslexia uh, and the way that uh, my brain chooses to to function and to work helps me to 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 do things in a in a way that's slightly different from from some other people Um, and i for a long time i 
um, would would recognise that and have a certain pride of it, and maybe even guard it a little bit. Be reluctant to try other things uh, in case it didn't work because I didn't like failing. Um, and during that period, through the the coaching diploma, I became more willing to trust um, that what I was doing was not only my way, but actually was a good way, uh, not the good way, but a good way. Uh, and so those things particularly uh, the ability to draw connections from a really broad uh, sense of things so to to have a broad perspective on a, on a challenge or a problem to see things in a slightly different way or be able to change the way you see things um, by moving perspective uh, that's very common for dyslexic people that they can think in this sort of big picture and um, broad broad way um, uh, and then secondly that I loved to make sense of things using stories and, and, and metaphors. And so anyone who's spent time with me coaching would be sick of the fact that um, rather than giving them an equation, I'd give them a story. Um, and so um, that, that I realized was um, a valid way of um, communicating um, and it was an effective uh, and, and a fun way for me to be involved with passing information on so maybe a little bit less science and a little bit more of a storyteller I mean I've I've been lucky to be been coached by you and led by you and I think assessed by you on various things and you've always given something that I haven't necessarily ever had from another coach and it's always been the amount of times you've managed to throw something in that's been almost a light bulb moment and maybe that's just that different perspective as you're describing that it's just gone, oh, yeah, that I understand what you mean. Maybe it was a story or whatever, I don't know. But I've always found uh, myself with the, the times really valuable to have uh, been out with you and always look forward to the next time whenever that happens. One of my delights in, as, we, as I've got more into, more into coach education is the, uh, encouraging people to, to find that bit. And, and um, if there was a, a flip side for the coach diploma, was that one of the reasons I spent a good deal of time hiding was that I was aware how poor I was at some things. Um, and, and those weaknesses, um, you carry them like a big cloud, a big shadow some, or a weight uh, that holds you down. And um, trusting in my strengths, believing in those strengths has given me that sense of I'm, I'm prepared to be a bit more assertive with those weaknesses to, to use them and to develop them and to grow them. And so the coaching diploma, um, the first half of it, when there was loads and loads of good stuff, I was really not asking the question, is what I'm doing any good? Um, and I wasn't really bothered about all the other good stuff because I just wanted to know whether I was a fraud. Um, and as I became more confident that um, whilst I might be a little bit different, um, that's not the same as a fraud. Um, I began to, um, explore and experiment with some of those other good things and so um, I, I've learned learned masses about dealing with the things that I couldn't do and planning was uh, one of those things that um, is uh, for anyone who has tried to work alongside me would realize it's just um, an epic tangle in my head um, and I might not have used those words positively but but now I think there's there's something in that sense of planning in pictures, planning in stories, having a storyboard, and um, preparing 
um, for what's actually quite a lot of time prior to a course or prior to a conversation like this, getting ready, drawing the stories of my past experiences to the surface so that I can be ready to harness those memories and experiences. Um, and that's a really valid way of preparing. Um, I'm not sure I can honestly use the word planning. I, I might um, might use the word priming. Uh, I, I might just um, use the, the sense of having um, l- lots of relevant ideas and thoughts and memories um, uh, in store so that um, as I'm watching something or talking to someone, um, those links to past experiences and other events um, naturally come up and, and from those naturally comes the sense of, oh, this could be a way forwards. And, and I, my, I've really enjoyed encouraging people um, to explore and play with that more. And for some folks, I think it's quite releasing because they they naturally do that, but they have, like me, they haven't felt that it's very valid. Uh, And for other folks, they naturally don't do that, a bit like I haven't planned in a formal way and haven't um, used some of the uh, other coach processes tools very effectively. But now I'm starting to play with them and to encourage people who don't naturally use stories and imagery and um, uh, metaphors to to give it a go, to give it a bash, to, to, to maybe run with gut rather than think their way through a problem is also great fun. If I was to summarise the last five years, coaching's been more fun because I'm a bit more relaxed about it and um, and people are amazing. So um, I, I've realised they're probably going to learn without me. How hard a day can this really be? <laughs> um, uh, so uh, guaranteed success because they're going to figure it out anyway. Um, but I can perhaps be part of the fun and the glory. It's really interesting to hear that sort of almost self lack of self confidence. Is that would that be fair? Yeah. All of us yeah. have, and especially when working around coaches like yourself and other other local coaches who I always look up to. That lack of confidence because you think I'm not as good as I'm sure. There's lots of other coaches or prospective coaches feeling or listening to that, going, "Yeah, that's me. That yeah, that's I, I'm a fraud." <laughs> If that's the case, there's a lot of frauds out on the river. <laughs> so we should just smile at each other and and kind of have a, a, a knowing nod. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I haven't haven't met a coach that I've got to know who doesn't have that to some extent underneath. Um, and then we're just we're just good at hiding. Remember the multicolored fleece. It, it's just a cover. It's deception. And in there, being scared or being worried it is different from from having fun and uh, doing that. Those things can uh, can sit together. You can have that. They don't live comfortably, but they do live together. And so we're, we're often out on the water feeling a little bit like, oh, <laughs> but actually there's a bit of us also out on the water having fun and enjoying the people we're with. So it's good. I think it's a really good reminder to me um, Tom, as you were chatting through the, that last section about how I need to be more aware of the way that people, the different ways that people reach a conclusion. You're talking about planning. And for me, planning does involve a pen and a piece of paper. It does it involves pictures and lines and doesn't try to connect things together. But what's important is, is how my session comes comes together and how that process has helped me deliver the session that I'm about to deliver 
and just being more aware that there are there's more than it's not just my way of doing it there's a, a whole bunch of different ways some of which will probably really unfamiliar to me that I kind of need to be a bit more tuned into and recognize and and see the strengths and the values in and um, just a bit more aware of those differences and how they might portray themselves yeah uh, and there's there's been good learning for me on that but um there's also some great shortcuts so uh, one of my privileges um uh, over the last little while is to um, particularly with our course ratios being uh, often two staff members um i've been able to um phone up lara and see if she's free to work a course with and so uh, at that point i know i don't actually have to do any planning um, <laughs> So, um, and I can rely on uh, Lara's notebook and she's actually managed to plan my stuff as well. Um, and um, Stephen McDonald would be the, um, the same. Like, just the delight of having someone who um, is uh, comfortable enough w- with planning to, uh, to be able to, to go with a free flow, uh, but ask the critical questions that just keep it on track. And I've realized that... Um, that in those weaknesses, I can make my life easier by um, working out when the critical questions need to be asked. And um, for a long time, I was I was all about finding people that I trusted inherently because they always ask difficult questions, but trusted enough to to want the difficult questions to make a better day. Uh, and and maybe I've learned from those people um, a little bit about how to ask those difficult questions myself when when there isn't someone there, uh, not as sharp as it, it still takes more effort, but um, yeah, working with people who uh, do things so differently from you, but with that sense of complete trust is is one of the greatest delights. Um, it, it, I'm sure in any field, but for, for us coaching is it, great. And, and knowing that there's two perspectives uh, in the room uh, doubles the chance of, of making it a great course for the people around you. Um, so I've had great privileges as I can put those faces down to, 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 to those people that make me feel safe enough to be the best I can be, um, but add their own uniqueness to, to, to doing that. And I, they, they're the fun courses I remember. That's, that's brilliant. What advice would you give give a coach if they maybe were coaching someone with dyslexia or even is there advice for that or is it, is it any different or is it yeah um, it's, um as i've got more and more into coach process and stuff then i i wonder if i fail on this advice um and so apologies to anyone i've coached uh, over the last goodness knows how long uh, if this sounds like i completely failed on these uh, things but i i tell myself regularly uh, when I was learning to ski when I was really young, um, I was in France somewhere and I was booked into ski lessons and they were awful. Um, we stood in lines, we did drills, we learned things that were isolated and uh, components of skills and I was rubbish at them. I was also bored and I was probably uh, ultimately distracted. So I think I stayed for two days and then left and never went back. Um, I was far more happy, happy to, to learn how to travel than to learn how to travel well. Um, and so my uh, skiing bad habits all got fully ingrained. But actually, I, I would rather, I'd rather have fun with a bad habit than do it well and be miserable. Um, and so <laughs> letting people do things their way is really powerful. Um, be, letting people be active when they want to be active is great. That's cool. 
a few years after that, I learned lots about telemarketing. Uh, and the, the coach that I went to was someone who was coaching another group. Uh, and he would, I was skiing on my own, but he would watch when I was, he was on the ski lift and I was skiing underneath him. And then I'd see him for a few minutes at lunchtime and ask a few questions. Uh, and then I'd have something to do all afternoon. And so the perfect way for me to learn was all of the space of one top tip and a whole afternoon. Um, and I know for many of you fast learners, you think that that would be awful. Um, but for many of you dyslexic learners, they'd rather have one thing um, and three or four hours to do it. Uh, and somebody around that they're going to ask a question from then uh, to, to have lines, drills or, or a lesson plan. So, um, yes, apologies to lots of people, because uh, we believe that value for money is to um, to fill every moment. But actually, learning doesn't take doesn't seem to work like that for me. So, yeah, big space, lots of fun. Uh, again, a fairly healthy lack of rules. It sounds like a perfect environment. But yeah, I can't see many people, many of our listeners disagreeing that that doesn't sound like a great way to go about um, your coaching or your or your learning um, it sounds amazing when you were chatting about um, confidence I remember as stumbling across a book um, it would have been early when you were doing your MSc that's when I first became aware of it called the dyslexic advantage and I thought that was a that certainly for me reframed my thinking to it being a disability or a difficulty to being something positive yeah the the dyslexic advantage for me I I guess it was a turning point um to thinking of dyslexia rather than a disability as as a different way of processing and uh, that different processing wanting to be to turn itself into different ways of doing things Uh, and so that comes with that permission um uh, and potentially a delight and and so it's no surprise that that um coaching diploma was uh, was such a um a release point for me because suddenly i started to to trust the things i was doing and um yeah and there it was um so so yeah dyslexic advantage is definitely a um a book worth listening to uh, you can even buy it in paperback but you can certainly get it on audio Thanks, Tom. We'll pop that in the, um, in the notes of the podcast so readers can find that they're interested. What could we learn from your experience? Perhaps what could have could others have done that would have helped you on your journey? I think if I'd, if I'd realised that what I was doing was, was sound earlier, then I might have been more courageous uh, in my learning, therefore might have learned a bit more. I've been defensive and narrow-minded and protective um, in, in the way I've held on to things and not tried new things. Um, and perhaps if I'd been a little bit more aware of some of the good things um, and a little bit felt it was a little bit easier to, to, to see those um, against academic and um, process um, systems and goals and things, then then maybe I'd have trusted them more uh, and, and then maybe I'd have risked, risked a bit more earlier uh, and had more fun. But I don't know. Maybe you just have to, to learn as you are at the speed you are. Um, and um, I've enjoyed that. Thanks for that, Tom. That's been really interesting. It's I'm sure the listeners will find it interesting to hear that, you know, 
although we all suffer from those those self doubts um that it's using your abilities and not necessarily overcoming those disadvantages having some more confidence in ourselves perhaps but really interesting to hear from you today thank you very much for that yeah thanks tom that's been a a, a great insight and thoroughly enjoyed um our chat today so thank you very much for joining us um and for, for openly um sharing that with our listeners and sharing your experiences and stories there's so much that our listeners can take hope away from this um disability and learned disability like dyslexia isn't a black and white thing um and often it's not visible so it's a good reminder to um to all of us to um to get to know the people we're working with and really pay attention to and support and develop and nurture their strengths um, to help with that confidence and um, and support the development of the um, areas that people feel might be their weaknesses. Um, thank you everyone at home for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to us whenever you listen to your podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify and Apple. We hope you enjoyed listening today. And most importantly, we hope everyone is keeping safe.